News, laws, and regulations are changing by the day. We get it. And at ADP, we're here to help guide you with up-to-the-minute compliance expertise so you can pay your people accurately and on time, regardless of what each new day may bring. Learn more at ADP.com. Okay, so welcome to episode two of the Leadership Zoomcast with Albert and Neil. And first off, I want to say a big thank you to everybody who watched last week, gave us feedback last week, downloaded the podcast. It was great to see that we added some value to some of you guys last week. So thank you very much for that feedback. And Albert, welcome today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for the invitation. Good to be back here again. Um, yeah, guys, look, thank you for the feedback last week. Um, the good thing was, I think you guys commented on what you thought of it. The thing that would be useful for Neil and myself is tell us if you've got any other topics. We've got some things we might want to do in the coming weeks, but if you've got any other topics, if we can add some value, fine. If not, we can blag it anyway, so it's no problem. Brilliant. No, thanks, mate. And, and, and you know, by the way, guys, just sharing this with everybody out there, we will get it right and we'll get the colours matching by the time we get to episode 10 or something. We'll get our shirts matching and the colour background matching. It's a bit like the, um, the movie Heartbreak Ridge. You know, when Clint Eastwood turns up in a different shirt every day and they've got to try and work out what shirt he's wearing because they have to wear the same shirt as him. So we're going to have to sync somehow or get in the background sorted out. You're pretty well coordinated with your background, Neil. I don't know if that was planned for today. but no, looks... Actually, I just changed my shirt, literally, because I've got a better <laughs> put of shirt on rather than a T-shirt. Um, anyway, so today's podcast, a podcast, Zoomcast, is all about communication and the the, the effectiveness of being a great leader need the need for great communication. I found a great quote actually just to kind of kick the, the, the session off, which was from Winston Churchill, obviously one of the great leaders of, of our history, not of our time of history. The difference between mere management and leadership is communication, but it's such a big topic, isn't it? It's such a big topic and comes up so many times as, as, uh, and there's so many different elements to it. So we're going to try and cover a few of those uh, as we go through today. Right. Um, so any opening thoughts, Albert? I think the danger is not going back too much on what we talked about last week, right? But what we did talk about last week was leadership versus management. And I think that, again, comes back up here because I think the difference for me about leadership communication versus management communication is I think what, as a leader, what you communicate is you. People read that as being you, right? I think management is about communicating how someone's doing their job, how the business is performing, how can we make it better? It's a lot more operational. I think the things you communicate as a leader lets people know who you are, how you feel, how you behave, what you're passionate about, and then helpfully try and transfer some of that to them as well. I think it's at a whole different level. In my view, I think leadership communication, very, I would say more passionate, but I think more authentic, personal view. You know, it's really, it's really interesting. And I never know where these conversations are going to go, but actually <laughs> just sparked off a couple of really interesting thoughts in my mind. Because, um, so what you're saying is communicating kind of, it, 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 it exposes who you are, authentically yeah. exposes who you are. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really interesting because I've, I've worked for various different leaders over the years and there's so many different styles of communication and, and there isn't a right or wrong. It's just your style. Yeah. Um, I worked for a guy uh, a 
few years ago, who, who I, actually I didn't think was a great leader, but he was. He just wasn't um, an extrovert, flamboyant, loud type of guy. So when he was speak, doing speeches or anything where he needed to talk to big groups, he had to prepare a script word for word to communicate, which I guess you and I have probably never, ever done because, you know, for us, it comes kind of naturally and comes from, from the heart as well as, as well as the head, obviously. Um, but for him, but his skill was, he was still a great leader, but, it, it, but he was great one-to-one and he was great in uh, pulling the team together in different ways than just through that kind of inspiring communication. So you're, you're absolutely right. Everyone has a different style of communicating and their personality comes through it. That's an interesting point, actually, isn't it? Do, do you, you don't need to be extrovert. You don't need to be outgoing. You don't need to be flamboyant. I think you need to be clear. You need to be focused. And you have to demonstrate commitment. Right? You can't blag it. I don't think you can blag it when it comes to leadership communication. Right? Um, and I think that's a big, this authenticity and this being you know, genuine, if you want to be a good leader, Hey, listen, you don't have to be. You can be a leader and communicate, but will you be effective? And will people believe you? Will they believe you? An interesting point. There is one thing you can't escape from, though, in this. is is If you're going to lead, you have to communicate. Yeah. You can't lead without communication because how the hell does anybody know what to do? How the hell does anybody know what you're thinking or what's important? Yeah. That's a good point, actually. You and I have worked for people, Neil, or we worked with people who we knew were brilliant but they never told anyone what they were thinking. They never told anyone what they expected of them, right? Yeah. Did that affect their leadership? 100%. Yeah. 100%. No point in being brilliant in a dark room on your own, is there? <laughs> but it's also no good as a leader, knowing what's important, knowing what uh, direction you want to go in, and not sharing that with your team and not helping your team understand what's important. And also what's important about how they fit in to the big picture of where, you know, where the senior leadership is trying to go as well. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a good point, actually, because I was just going to say that as well. They need to know not only what our wonderful master plan is, what direction we want to go, what does the future look like? They're all things you have to communicate. But if you don't tell your team where they fit in that picture, so what? Mm -hmm. So what? It's a story that you're telling them that they can't be bought into. And I was talking to a guy I, I uh, coach uh, this week and he was telling me about a weekly call he has with his team to help them understand what's going on in the business, how the business is performing, what's happening in the month yeah. and what's needed from them to help the business achieve that. And I thought, brilliant, that is great leadership. He just saw it as just what he normally does. But yeah. that is actually really good leadership because too many people will go to a board meeting or a senior management meeting and they will come out and go and get on with their work. They won't think about what do I need to communicate down to my team to help them understand what's important. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that, and I think a leader has got to be clear about what they believe the future holds. Cause I think people are looking for a leader to say, not only which direction are we going, but where are we trying to get to and why? What, what is, I would, 
I think they expect the leader to have the bigger picture in their mind. And let's face it, right, all the leaders don't know. You and I didn't know when we were leading all the time where we were going to, we didn't know where we were going to end up. We knew where we wanted to go. We knew what we were trying to achieve. Did we know how it was going to finish? No. You just had to come, you just had to get the commitment that people were going to come with you. That's what it like this Zoom cast, really. I don't know where it's going to go. <laughs> I don't know if these guys realise how much prep do you and I do for this stuff, right? But that, that makes me feel a little bit. <laughs> but I think, it's, you know, again, again, Neil, that's, that's about is this genuinely our thinking rather than us regurgitating anything? This is genuinely what we think, right? Yeah, and I think that um, leader and this communication, leadership, and painting that vision doesn't have to be some grand vision about, you know, getting to Mars or getting a spaceship to dock with the space station. It could just be about this admin team or this accounting team and a vision for how, how they can be better in the future or how they can contribute more to the business in the future. Yeah. It doesn't have to be big and grand. It can just be about that specific area. So, you know, one of my best examples, I think, back to my early days in leadership was when we were... We had a sales team. We knew what we wanted to achieve. But the sales team don't do it on their own. The sales team have to have the administration team behind them. I think we, I can't remember what we called them back then. Um, so how it was, it was, it was admin. It was C, it was called customer engineering admin, right? I mean, how, you know, how, how little can people feel about how the, what they contribute to the business? And I remember there was them and then there was our digital sales team. At the time we called them inside sales. Yeah. And we never saw everybody working together. And what we started doing was having joint communications with them, telling them about where we're going, but then bringing each person into that about what's your role in this plan? Where do you fit? And as the leader, I also took along the leader from CE Admin and I took along the leader from Digital Sales. And we formed this leadership group where we told everybody their part in the scheme of things. We changed things overnight. Overnight, people felt like they were part of the same team with the same challenge. What was that? Nothing but communication. That's all we did. Just communication. So it's, it's that analogy of being a, 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 is it a mushroom and you get fed all the shit because, kept, kept in the dark, don't you? And fed all the shit. That's right. Kept in the dark. And it is, if you're not shown what's important to the business and not shown, you know, I used to use the analogy with, um, we're talking about admin teams again, and it's the same now with my uh, admin team, is they are bricks that form the foundations of the business. And if they are, if they're taken for granted, if they're not understood how their piece is so important, then that foundation starts to crumble a bit. It starts to get weaker. Yeah, yeah. Or it starts going in a different direction or it's, you know, starts thinking in a different way. So it yeah. then isn't supporting the whole structure of the business. Yeah, yeah. So you're absolutely right. Communicating. So then there's there's a question in my head then. So so how much do you communicate? And this is a challenge for the leader. How much do you communicate to each team and how do you judge what how much they need to know and how much would overwhelm them or would upset them or disappoint them if it was bad news? So can you commun can you communicate too much? Is it possible to communicate too much? I uh, good question. I, I I think you can. Um, I <laughs> so a really interesting question. I actually wrote this one down as a question for us to ponder, because. But who should decide what is too much and what is too little? 
And I think that's the difficult judgment, right? So for instance, if as a leader, you're making decisions on a redundancy program. Yeah. You know, so you have to make decisions about a team and you know, every business goes through restructure. Um, how much of that do you share with the team and how much of that do you keep to yourself? And that's the bad news side, but then obviously a good news approach as well. But so there is a balance there, isn't it? I know, what, what have you found works? You know, I don't remember ever prescribing this when I was doing my job. But when I think about it now, I would say the time I knew it was time to communicate was when there was something worth communicating. Because there's no point in doing the communication because it's Tuesday afternoon and we always communicate on the Tuesday. If there's nothing meaningful, people don't start paying attention because it's Albert communication time. No one's listening. I think to say, I'm communicating because I've got things to tell you, all these things I'd like to hear from you. And to me, the communication frequency um, and need to communicate is because there is something worth communicating. And it's either because you're trying to engage them in something, you're trying to update them on something, or you're trying to learn from them. Communication is two-way. That's another great thing when it comes to leadership communication. I was just, I just wrote down, listen, funny enough, as you were saying that, because it, it is two way and it's forgotten sometimes, you know, leader thinks, oh, I need to have a monthly um, town hall with everyone. I need to drop an, a weekly email out with my thoughts on it. Yeah. But actually, how do you effectively make sure that you are listening to what the team need to hear from you? And, and there's, a, there's a great example uh, I heard of a, a few years ago. So very senior executive in JP Morgan, a lady based in New York, one of the top, top executives in JP Morgan. And she had this uh, box outside her room where people could put into it ideas, thoughts, things, any comments about the business. Anyone from the business, from the, uh, the janitor, the secretary, to the brokers to the bank you know everyone in jp Morgan could put something in this box and she would block out friday afternoons and she would read through them and she would invite people in to come and talk about their ideas and it created this open communication and it helped her shape understanding of what the business needed yeah yeah it was a great example a payroll and HR company needs to be prepared for whatever is going to happen. You could say that over 70 years of experience helping businesses all over the world run smoothly is good preparation. But for ADP, that's not enough. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, we're staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate the complexities. ADP, HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people. But, but I, think, I think what that also says, Neil, is there's a difference between hearing, pretending to listen, and listening. Right? Because if you're going to invite people to speak, take time to understand what they're saying they might not be right but listen anyway but do something with it right because the danger is if you if you try and build this reputation where i'm listening but you don't actually only take ever take any notice of it or ever act on it you, you'll lose that very quickly You've yeah and it's interesting actually it just made me think you know when you you get a group of people together and it's like a round table or something yeah and they're just because they're, what they're saying appears to be wrong or appears to be something that you've 
you don't agree with doesn't mean they're wrong. Yeah. Actually, you kind of have to look at yourself as a leader and go, why do they think that about the business? What have I not communicated well enough for them to understand so that they could come to the same conclusion of me? Not they're, they're, They don't understand because they're junior than me. Actually, they should understand because yeah. you should have done a good job as a leader communicating what's important. Yeah. They might actually have some good ideas. <laughs> there is that danger that somebody might know better than you about particular topics. I know that probably gets more into management if you start looking at operational stuff. Do you remember when you and I worked, well together, worked together years ago and the communication that we had gone out with the guys was about cost containment. We, our costs were too high. And one of them was about travel bills. And we said, you guys are not spending well on travel. You're spending too much on flights. And we sat and listened. We just said to the managers, first line managers, tell us what's going on. Why? How do we get the cost down? What can we do? Mm-hmm. And what they brought out was the fact that the approval process for getting travel through was taking too long. Mm-hmm. From a professional to first line manager, second line manager, third line manager, it was taking too long. And by the time it got through the approval process, the cheap flight was no longer cheap anymore. So our approval process was causing us to get, so I can say it now because I don't work there anymore, right? We said, ignore the process. Don't do it. What I'm going to tell you to do, guys, if you are committed to this flight being the right flight, you as a first line manager, sign it off. But put the process in the way you're meant to, and we'll track it through. And we did that. The short version of this story is we cut our travel bill by 40% within two months. How does that happen? Because people know what's going on. Right. Yeah, that's true. And they've, all, they've got, you're right, because they're in touch with it all the time. So they've got better ideas. Yeah. Um, I was just going to come back to that point around um, what to communicate. Yeah. And I guess in my experience, pers- my personal approach I've always taken is, you know, I'll, I'll communicate everything I think people need to know. So how do I make that decision? Actually, just ask, you know, this uh, and, and just it's I, I've seen it. In fact, I saw it this week. One of the businesses I work with, the, the MD is on a call once a week and he shares the knowledge about where the business is, where the P&L is, how the sales are doing, um, how the delivery is doing, how our customer status is doing. And every week he shares that information. I, interestingly enough, only since we've been in lockdown. So it's been better communicating since we've been And you can see everybody on the call going, okay, yeah, now, now I get where I fit into that. Yeah. Or what I need to do to help us get to where we need to be. Yeah. And the more personal view, the more open you are with communication, the more information you share with people, the better decisions and better job they can do on the ground. Yeah. What damage can it do? What damage can it do? It, I think it also comes to this point about is information power? Mm-hmm. And if I, as a leader, don't share that information, then I'm more powerful? No, I'm not. I'm not hanging on to that information, keeping it. Look, there's right also, when our kids were growing up, would we tell them everything? No. Did they need to know everything? No. If it's going to worry them when they go to bed at night, why would you tell them certain things? It's the same with your employees. Why would you tell them things they don't need to know that could worry them until it matters to them? So you do need to think very carefully about what you communicate if they can add value to it. If they can't add any value to it, then all it can do is worry people. Why would you communicate that? Yeah, and I think you know, parents is an interesting example, actually, because parenting and being a leader, there are similarities, there's also differences, because uh, people who work for your adults and, and should be treated like 
I like adults yeah. that can make yeah. decisions. And, and I've seen it so many times. I've seen some great, when you share information with people, um, and, and you might not be asking them to make a decision. You might be sharing information and saying, this is the decision we've made. But once you communicated, everybody understands what you understand and how you came to that decision. Yeah. Rather than that dictatorial, this is what we're doing. Well, why? Why did you make yeah. that decision? That's, it so, doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, I think that's a, it's a really, it's, this is why communication is so important. There's the communicating the vision. There's the commu- how you communicate information about how the business is, is doing. Um, and that downward communication, if you get some information as a leader, whether that's from your board of directors, from your investors, from your middle management, whoever it comes from, you have a duty to make sure your team understand that as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's a good point you make about parents are communicating with children and, and these are adults we're dealing with, right? So you've got to treat them like adults. What I would say is though, are they at the same maturity as you are at this stage in your career? Because at one point in time, you and I were professionals and first-line managers, and our business maturity and business understanding would have been a lot different. So you've got to communicate at their level as well. That's not demeaning anyone. It's saying if they haven't had the exposure and the experience we've had, how could they have accepted that communication as clearly and as valuably as we used it, right? Because we understood. I never forget the amount of times we used to present our, our numbers to people and we'd talk about profit and PTI. And it was only when I met some people in the street one day, you know, on, the, on a walk around, that I asked them about this. And it was only one person had the guts to put their hand up and say, what, what is PTI? Mm-hmm. So I said to this round table, does anyone at the table know what PTI is? Right? And of the 15 people around the round table, only two people did. So they've been listening to our communications and they never knew what PTI was. Mate, I was sales. I never knew what it was either. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I just knew it. I just had to work it out and reduce it as low as I could. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's fair. It's fair that you, you know, you're understanding what level they're at. And yeah. Yeah. I, I tell you another thing that, that strikes me with this is maybe not so much in leadership, but definitely leaders. Not so much in management, but more in leadership. I think you need to be a pretty good storyteller as well. I don't, I don't think that's, um, I don't think it's a qualification that's put forward for a role, but I think you need to be a pretty good storyteller. And the good, good leaders that can tell good stories, they can leave lasting impressions and they can get messages across a lot better. Mm. And you know, because you don't struggle for a story, right? <laughs> so, well, good salesmen always have a good story to tell because it's case studies. It's okay. So, yeah. But you're 100% right. I did that uh, work a few years ago into looking at inspirational leadership. And the sort of things I expected back were about vision, about great communicators, about decision making and all that kind of stuff. The one thing I didn't expect back was they are great storytellers. Yeah. And there are two types of story that people used as examples in, when they were t- explaining inspirational leaders. There's stories about the past and about using the past stories to help build an understanding of why we're at where we're at and the decisions we're making. And the second story is the story of the future, what it will be like when this happens in the future, when the business gets here in the future, um, or what it will mean for our customers. Those are the two types of stories I've seen. No, actually, really good point. And I I think that both of those are really valuable, right? What's going to happen in the future is them having the confidence in the fact that we've thought it out, we're planning it, we know where we're going and what we're doing to make that work. 
and what happened in the past is do we do we take history as part of making those decisions or do we not see it as valuable what's happened in the past is a great opportunity for learning and for deciding what you might do differently no, no, really good, really good point of view. Stories is a and stories is a topic I think we probably cover in another Zoom cast actually because it is such a big topic. Yeah, yeah. To, to talk about, there are two other things I thought would be really interesting to cover while we're talking about communication. One of them is what what are the best method of communication? So you've got emails, you've got phones, you've got Zoom, you've got face to face meetings, you've got um, I don't know, conference calls. You've got so many different type. What's the most effective, do you think? Or, or, or is, is there one that's the most effective? Years ago, we didn't have as much online and digital communication like we've got now, right? So I would have said then, face-to-face. I would have said getting round to the offices, meeting people at round tables, town halls, all of those good things. The fact that you could do it this way, um, I'd say this is probably the one that I, if I, if I could only have one, I think it would be this but I think not having written form would lose something as well because people the good thing about written form is you can take it when you want to take it and you can sit down and think about it I mean I guess these you could say you know you can play this wherever you want to play it so I think this face to face or something that replaces it like zoom or or, or, uh, webex or whatever that's fine but I think written you shouldn't walk away from written as being not valuable because i think it's still holds some value and and my view is actually a mixture of everything is probably what you need you know it could be a weekly email it could be a monthly zoom conference with your leader with your team it could be um you know if you can get face to face which obviously you can't at the moment but if you get face to face then doing that Uh, but it's a mixture because i I think that keeps people engaged and you've got obviously you've got whatsapp and you've got all that as well so you can have quick regular communication just you know how you doing yeah or um you know what's the current situation on this or whatever so you've got so many different ways of communicating i guess the key message is choose the right one for the right the right moment the right type of thing you're talking about and uh yeah and and lots of different different mediums as well yeah thinking about what you're saying you know how should you communicate because all that brings out in my head is it's letting people know who you are and what you're like and what your personality is like it just brings a different thing in my head about leadership. I think one of the things about leadership is you're helping an organization know how you want it to be. What kind of atmosphere do you expect in? So for instance, we've always used, used humor quite well, right? We don't have a problem with that. I mean, gosh, for those of us that know as well, we've made some good videos and some crazy spoof things that we've done, but it got messages across, but it also told people we like having fun. Mm-hmm. It also told people, you know, there is a lighter side to us. It isn't all about business, business, business. And I think that's important. You know, in a smaller company, if you're the head of a, a 50-person company, you're setting the whole scene for how you want people to operate in that company. You know, do you want them to be lighthearted? Do you want to be serious with each other? Do you want them to trust each other? You know, so I think that's quite important. That as the leader, you're setting the scene for what this place is like and what it's like to work here. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, because you're putting your personality on it through your communication. Yeah. Um, and, and you're kind of creating that environment. And, and actually, but 
but it, doing it once doesn't do it. And I guess that's kind of a key point here is you've got to regularly communicate. What are your standards? What are your values? How do you want this business to shape up? How do you want to keep the energy levels up? And yeah. energy comes from communication. And, you know, I, I noticed when I watched the video last week, I, I use my hands a lot. And I, use, <laughs> I, am, I, I, I communicate with my body a huge amount. Um, and, and everyone communicates in a different way. So that communication... It's, it does set the scene for how you want that energy, that passion, that vision to flow through the business. Yeah, yeah. Um, 100%, yeah. So the other thought I had today was, we talked about communicating downwards, but I wondered, and I do a lot of coaching around this, is as a leader, how do you effectively communicate upwards? Mm. Because if, if, if you, even if you own your own business, you know you might own your own business you've got no debt you've got no investors you've got no then you probably haven't got anyone else to communicate with other than maybe your more significant other explaining what the business is doing but you, you're communicating upwards to most leaders it could be to a board uh, non-exec directors investors it could be to your um your next country level it could be you know if you're uk it could be to europe it could if you're europe it could be to global so effectively communicating upwards is another really interesting topic that I think is, and maybe we haven't got time for that on this one. And maybe that's something we do on, an, on another one, but I don't know. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. I think we, we, we're probably going to time out on, on what we've done here, but I think you're right. Do you know what it brought away in my mind straight away um, was we talked earlier about communicating with people in roles below you and only telling them what you need to tell them, don't tell them more. I think it's exactly the same message in the game up. Don't tell them more than they need to know, because why do they need to know? It's our job as leaders to worry about the things we've got to worry about to make this organisation work. Why tell them where you might have issues or challenges until they're going to affect them? So, but, but you're right, I think that's a whole new topic. Yeah, it is. Actually, you're right, it's, it's the, same, the same principles apply. Anticipating what people need to know and when, yeah and what they need to know yeah when uh, so yeah let's let's leave that because i guess we're probably into nearly 30 minutes now i can't see i think we're about there yeah so yeah. um uh you know we've talked this is such a big topic around communication i know we'll come back to it and as we invite people onto this i'm sure we'll come back to communication because all good leaders have a great way of communicating and everyone does it differently but the yeah. key message for me and in this discussion is, is it's that authenticity and uh, the need for communicating, the need for your team to understand, but your personality comes through in the way you communicate yeah. as well. Yeah. Um, what, what and I'd endorse that. And, I, and I'd say that to the people that are listening here, whether you're in a management role, whether you're in a leadership role, whether you aspire to those roles, think about that. Think about how you're communicating with your th- teams. Think about the messages you're leaving every time you stop communicating. It could be passing them in a corridor. That's a management communication, leadership communication. It could be a town hall address. Think about how you communicate because that's your autograph you're leaving on there every time you do that. So think about it and and think about what effect you're trying to have. And I guess the, the, the final thing I'd say is you can never communicate too much, too, too often, not too much, too often. And the reason I say that is I've run so many team building workshops, team events, even leadership workshops. And the number one action that comes out is we need to communicate more. 
yeah. and we need to know more what's going on. And so it might feel like you're communicating too much, but check with your team because I bet you're not. So yeah. as a leader, I don't think you can communicate too yeah. much. Okay. So as we close off on communication, what I would say is, guys, communicate back to us what you think of this. Communicate back to us where you think we could have done something different or better and communicate back to us other topics we can bring to you. Brilliant. Um, Great summary. Yeah? And I'm going to do a little YouTube thing now, which I've seen on other YouTubes is um, if you like this, there's a subscribe button down there somewhere. So subscribe <laughs> to it. Uh, please leave us a comment or give us a thumbs up. I think it is on there. Give us a thumbs up and let us know whether it was useful to you. And we'll put this in a podcast as well so you can listen to it when you're driving or running or whatever. Anyway, thanks, Albert. Great to see you again. And Neil, thanks for the time, mate. Good to talk to you. Speak to you soon. Now more than ever, it's critical that customers find accurate information about your business. Local Works by Yahoo Small Business makes it easy to add, edit, and publish business information across 70-plus local directories from a single dashboard. Ensure your business is found with Local Works and save 10% today by using code LWPODCAST. Visit yahoosmallbusiness.com slash local to find out more. A payroll and HR company needs to be prepared for whatever is going to happen. You could say that over 70 years of experience helping businesses all over the world run smoothly is good preparation. But for ADP, that's not enough. To make sure millions of people are getting paid on time and in compliance, we're staying on top of each new piece of legislation. So when it comes down to it, ADP isn't just a payroll and HR company. We're the company that helps you navigate the complexities. ADP, HR talent, time, benefits, and payroll. Informed by data and designed for people.